0: Tonight, movies are back. Whoa. Whoa. Our look at the big blockbusters that will pull you into theaters. Then. This change is needed and it's coming. Details on Harry and Meghan's new home with some famous neighbors and the biggest bombshells from the royal tell-all.
3: This will make for uncomfortable reading for some people.
0: Plus, Dancing with the Stars turns 15. I'm telling you guys. We're opening up the ET vault to when we first met the pros.
2: We just had fun and that's what it's about.
0: And the classic movie celebrating big anniversaries. Ah, as if! What you never knew about Clueless, St. Elmo's Fire, and Jaws. I didn't know, no one knew. E.T. starts now. Happy Labor Day everyone. You know, this really could be a big day for the movies. So many theaters have begun to reopen, taking extra safety precautions. So we're gonna break down the films that could get you back to the cinema. Tenet, it'll open the right doors some of the wrong ones too. Theater doors are finally opening for Tenet after three delays due to the pandemic.
1: Yeah, shooting the bullet, you're catching it.
0: John David Washington is on a time-bending mission to prevent World War III. I can really see the character, which was exciting me to be put in a world like this. No way! Bill and Ted are rocking theaters again as they face the music.
3: I mean we did a lot
2: of prep, we we did a lot of talking about the characters, and there was a moment where we just had to just
3: kind of do it. (laughs) Not talking. Exactly. Be excellent to
0: each other. And party on, dudes. I don't even think you really know what a bad day is. It's no party for Russell Crowe in Unhinged. He's dealing with an extreme case of road rage. You almost didn't take this role, did you? Because this guy's sinister. My inclination was to just go home. Game of Thrones star Maisie Williams is part of a group of teen misfits, each with supernatural powers in The New Mutants.
3: Right now, I'm still ready to just keep doing other things. Like, maybe no one will employ me, and then I'll have to just play her <laughs> But right now, it's going pretty well.
0: Dev Patel and Hugh Laurie star in the personal history of David Copperfield. But it's not about this guy it's actually about this guy, the title character of Charles Dickens' novel.
3: And I was the idiot that didn't know who David Cumpfield was.
0: <laughs> and if you can't make it to the theater, Mulan is streaming on Disney+, Plus. only E.T. was on set in New Zealand. Chinese-American actress Ife Lu trained up to seven hours a day for three months to become the legendary warrior.
1: Did you surprise yourself how strong you got or how
2: strong you felt? I'm not that kind of person. Look at the mirror and say, "Mmm." <laughs> but <laughs> inner strength. I it is my duty to
1: fight. You know whose story would make a great movie? Harry and Meghan. The prince turns 36 next week, and we got all the juicy details of their split from the royal family because we spoke with the co-author of Finding Freedom, Omid Scobie. Did you send them an advance copy? Have they read this book?
3: Absolutely no member of the royal family, including Harry and Meghan, have seen the book.
1: Finding Freedom No Doubt has palace staffers scrambling. The author spoke to over 100 people close to the couple. And inside the book's 347 pages, we hear Harry and Meghan's side of the Megxit drama. It does feel like, in a way, they are giving permission for this book if they're letting their inner circle participate.
3: Harry and Meghan didn't take part in the process of this book or contribute any interviews, but many of the friends that we approached to speak to to tell a a different side of the story were so frustrated with some of the coverage they'd seen of their friends.
1: The Duchess was constantly under fire, and the book paints an ugly picture of blatant racism.
3: She was a biracial American former actress marrying into the House of Windsor. And that ticked all the boxes that were gonna ruffle feathers. And for Harry, for the first time in his life, to see someone that he loved dearly be on the receiving end of racist attacks, he really does worry or fear for the worst for Meghan. I think there are times where they were both really fearful of how bad things could get. There were threats coming to the palace. The decision that I have made for my wife and I to step back is not one I made lightly there really was no other option
1: Harry said in this historic speech it was his decision to leave royal life still meghan received the brunt of the blame
3: it was I think really predictable that Meghan would be blamed for some of the decisions that the couple have made. Uh, We see stories that almost make out like she has some spell over him and that Harry just doesn't know what he's doing. Of course, we're not giving him enough credit. Mm -hmm. I think if Harry had said to Meghan, let's give this another five years, she would have stuck it out. She said she gave up her life for this. She was ready to do it all.
1: Another bombshell revelation, the palace actually vetted Oprah when she secretly became friends with Meghan's mom, Doria. Yeah.
3: A palace aide actually had a conversation with Oprah about the relationship. It was a mutual friend of Megan's that had introduced the two, and Oprah, I think, was very keen to speak with Doria and be be as almost shoulder to lean on for Doria when she was on the receiving end of some really unpleasant attention from paparazzi, but yes, of course, the palace will vet everyone entering the royal circle. And there was a conversation between a senior Kensington Palisade and Oprah who wanted to just make sure that she wasn't after a big interview with the couple and that her intentions were, were proper. And of course they were.
1: Today, Harry and Meghan are settling into their new home in Santa Barbara, California. Nearby neighbors in the Beachside community include Sussex pals Oprah, Ellen, as well as Kevin Costner and Rob Lowe. The couple, who reportedly paid for their new digs with the help from the bank of dad, wanted privacy for themselves and little Archie, who they've tried to protect from the paparazzi from the day he was born. You, you talk about one of the final engagements that um, Harry and Meghan had I and mean, you said Meghan began to cry and that she said she can't believe this is it.
3: I think to see Meghan so emotional in that moment and so vulnerable just showed how far she felt that she had been pushed at that point. The couple had really done everything they could to make it work.
2: Well, we are just one week away from being back in the ballroom for season 29 of Dancing with the Stars. New host and executive producer Tyra Banks promises the show is going to look different. Ritz Stewart will be its first ever black female pro and some of the returning married couples won't even be able to live together. But we can't step into dancing's future without looking back at its roller coaster past, 15 amazing years of it. Welcome to the very first episode of Dancing with the Stars. It was nerve-wracking. It was scary. It was live. I think the first thing I said, I fully got (laughs) booed. You're a little heavy like stomping. I think you could work on that a bit. Okay.
0: Uh, all right. (laughs) 13
2: million people tuned in for the premiere. There were only six celebs, including New Kids on the Block's Joey McIntyre and the first ever Bachelorette, Trista Sutter. Season one. That was the most controversial season ever. Kelly and Alex! When Kelly Monaco won over John O'Hurley, because John O'Hurley had done so well consistently and was a consistently better dancer. I didn't choose me to be the winner, so. But uh, you won. I won. 28 seasons, 46 pros, and 320 contestants later, a lot of drama has gone down on the dance floor. Everybody on that balcony
0: Everyone has been dying has and, oh, and we're killing we're themselves.
3: Arma. It it's it's you okay?
1: Oh my gosh. There we
2: go. Sorry. Oh, oh, I think the, the most memorable moment was when Marie Osmond fainted. Of course, you've got to show the gaiety and
0: the fun of the Samba. <laughs> oh.
2: I was like, what just happened? It was so scary. Some celebs you might not remember competed on the show. Kim K, her brother Rob, Billy Ray Cyrus, Pamela Anderson, Kristen Cavallari, and Tanya Harding. When I got that call, like now, I'm (laughs) gonna start crying. In season two, we met some of our favorite pros. Max had long hair then, Cheryl's was short, and she won the mirror ball.
3: Drew did a great job. I had complete confidence in him. I knew he was a performer from the start.
2: Julianne Huff joined as a pro and won season four.
0: Kevin, Hi, how are you doing? Julian.
2: In season eight, her real-life boyfriend, country singer Chuck Wicks, was cast as her partner.
0: Here's the deal, I have no unfair advantage. No. I can't <laughs> dance.
2: Julianne's brother Derek had a showmance with actress Shannon Elizabeth, and before Max and Pita got married, he was engaged to a different pro, Karina Smirnoff. The is beautiful. I was very, very surprised. Now from the ballroom, to the beach, and a classic we can really sink our teeth into. Jaws turns 45. Ah, Rare outtakes and the scenes that even scared the stars.
1: I went, oh my god.
2: <laughs> then more movie anniversaries. List stars 25 years later, our throwback to the set. Just a little fashion thing. And St. Elmo's, Elmo's Fire turns 35. We're quite a crowd.
0: Hey everyone, it's Kevin Frazier. We hope you're enjoying the ET podcast. Be sure to watch Entertainment Tonight every weeknight for all the latest entertainment news. Check your local listings for where ET airs in your market or go to etonline.com. You know, we didn't get to have our normal summer movie season and now that it's Labor Day, we have already begun to focus on the fall. But let's take a moment to pause and look back at the first ever summer blockbuster Jaws. It turned 45 this year, and we have crazy behind-the-scenes secrets. The
3: moment the music started, I got scared.
1: I went, oh my god. <laughs> oh, oh my god. And yeah, after that, I forgot I was in it completely. I was terrified. I was scared watching myself. Screaming, yelling. The movie was over. I, I went nuts. I
3: thought this was fabulous.
0: What you did know about the 1975 film? That 1.2 ton, 25 foot mechanical great white shark was nicknamed Bruce after Steven Spielberg's lawyer. The director confessed he was surprised that the film became a hit. I would need the
2: work and there weren't people knocking down my door and I was in the middle of Jaws. I didn't know, no one knew. As George Lucas will tell you, he didn't know Star Wars would do what it did. I had no idea Jaws would be as successful as it
0: was. You can hear Steven directing the shark in this rare outtake. And action, Roy. And down. And cut. You're going to need a bigger boat. Roy Scheider improvised that iconic line on the spot, but he wasn't the first star up for the role. Robert Duvall and Charlton Heston were considered, and for Richard Dreyfuss' part, Jeff Bridges and John Voight. Oh,
3: boys, I think he's come back for his noon feeding.
0: Jaws was the very first summer blockbuster, and 45 years later, still leaves its mark. When you go into the water, you're
1: always a little nervous if you can't see what's going on below your waist you know oh my god what's that oh yeah oh oh little piece of coral ha, ha ha you think what you really think is
0: that is the first movie that really got in my head cost me years of enjoying the ocean all right when we come back something you never knew about clueless
2: Oops, my bad
0: cast <laughs> confessions that had us totally bugging
2: were you at all nervous for that kiss with paul
0: Rudd? and the A-list actress who nearly played Cher. That was way harsh. Then, St. Elmo's Fire Stars, 35 years later, our flashback with the cast and those 80s styles. I look back on it and, and laugh the hair moose. This is your life, Rob, you know? <laughs>
2: Did you have any idea when you were making the movie that 25 years later it would still be such a cult favorite? I don't think I was thinking about anything in the future when I was 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Cher, which is my character, is the most perfectly dressed. See, I'm outie. Bye. E.T. was on the set of the 90s cult classic about a bunch of spoiled Beverly Hills high schoolers with fancy clothes, cars, and cell phones. As I grew up, I did not like these kind of girls.
3: This is the patent leather look. Now this is very in. I
2: got my boxers um, <laughs> hanging
1: out, cause you know, it's the new fashion. I remember telling my friends that I was doing a movie and
3: Stacy Dash was playing my girlfriend in it. Woman, why don't you be answering any of my pages? Oh my God, the kissing scene, I remember I rushed the kiss.
2: And like, get this, Reese Witherspoon and Tiffany Thiessen were originally considered for the role of Cher. Mm. No way. But it was an 18-year-old Alicia who caught the eye of the director. I was on my treadmill watching MTV and there was this video about this girl.
1: When I met her, she was just so adorable. She had a drink and she had the like, straw, She's like, like,
2: like a kid. Do you prefer fashion victim like or ensemble challenge? <laughs> Fashionista Cher had 63 outfit changes. Alicia got to keep them all, but... Like a ding-dong, I got home with all the clothes and I was like, how am I gonna wear these Mary Janes now out? And so I just gave a lot of it away and um, so I don't have any of it. Oops,
3: my bad. This <laughs> is the hot Totsy <laughs> of the movie. Okay? okay, this girl right here. Did you enjoy that? Hotsy oh my gosh, I enjoyed it. More than you know, I had the best time in the world. My buns. They don't feel nothing like steel.
2: Clueless also launched the career of the late Brittany Murphy. It was a breakout role for the star who passed away in 2009. I love when Brittany Murphy says, you're a virgin who can't drive.
3: <laughs> you're a virgin who can't drive.
2: This is Paul Rudd, and he plays the college boy, Josh.
3: It was the second movie that I ever did. It was the first one that ever came out, but it was the second movie that I ever did. Oh, wow, you're filling out there.
2: Wow, your face is catching up with your mouth. Were you at all nervous for that kiss with Paul Rudd? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's such a nice kiss, I'm sure, if I could remember. (laughs) I'm sure I loved it. And Paul's delicious, so how could you not? Ooh, as if. (laughs) So now Alicia
1: can officially say she kissed an Avenger. Well, Rob Lowe certainly reached heartthrob status as the sexiest saxophonist ever in St. Elmo's Fire. And now that Brat Pack classic just turned 35.
3: We're quite a crowd. We're quite a crowd.
1: It's like a life achievement, or this is your life, Rob, you know?
3: I'm so comfortable with them already. I feel like Emilio and Judd are brothers to me in a lot of ways.
0: I look back on it and, and laugh at the hair mousse and um, and and the styles. That feels like yesterday. We're getting to that age. I
1: tell ya. Hard to believe Rob is 56 now and just 20 when he made the film about life after college. Back in 1984, he was already a heartthrob. I think I'm in touch with that emotion. They put us at this hotel right in front of all these bars. I don't know why, you know, if they want us to work, and it's strange, but um, we've been doing a lot of uh, exercising the old elbow, you know. They take your hands off my wife. The film stars were dubbed the Brat Pack. Why? A magazine writer at the time thought the young actors were too rich, too entitled, and too
0: arrogant. You know, it gets to the point where They, uh, love their own jokes so much that, uh, and they're so bad that we end up having to laugh anyway.
1: Demi's 57 now, but was 21 at the time. Thank God, it's payday. And can you believe she almost didn't make the movie? Demi was in rehab just two weeks before shooting started.
0: We're all playing extensions of ourselves that are are real inward, inward places that we've probably not yet looked at.
2: Honey, open the door, it's so cold! Drama, Everything seems to evolve around drama all the time. Sex isn't love. It's fun because, you know, the bunch of us are together a lot, so it's fun. And uh, it's kind of draining, actually, because there are so many people (laughs) to...
1: Andrew's a big-time TV director now. Back then, he was just having fun on set with Emilio.
2: tired of that. If somebody's dropping their shorts, I knew it! (laughs) Put that camera around. Let's prove this. This is really happening.
3: (laughs)
1: <laughs> what you probably didn't know? Mayor Winningham was pregnant with her third child. Her bump was hidden under baggy clothes. Also, Georgetown University wouldn't let them shoot the graduation scene on campus because they thought the script was too racy. So the University of Maryland filled in instead. If
3: you get the whole cast together in caps and gowns, then we could yeah. do that shot.
1: Sadly, director Joel Schumacher passed away from cancer back in June, but his legacy in film
3: will live on. St. Thomas Fire was only my third film. I had no idea when we wrote it that it would ever get made.
0: It was a great time. It was a great time to be alive. and The 80s were fun, what I can remember of them. And uh, I'm glad that the movie still exists.
1: (laughs) Y'all, I still sing that theme song today. I love that movie so much. All right, coming up, Disneyland celebrates 65 years, E.T.'s most memorable moments at the happiest place
0: on Earth. Hey everyone, it's Kevin Frazier. We hope you're enjoying the E.T. podcast. Be sure to watch Entertainment Tonight every weeknight for all the latest entertainment news. Check your local listings for where E.T. airs in your market or go to etonline.com. You know, this was supposed to be a big year for Disneyland. It's 65th anniversary, but because of the pandemic, the park remains closed. But it's okay. We're going to celebrate for you. We're going to leave you tonight with our favorite moments inside the happiest place on earth. That's a nine-year-old Drew Barrymore fresh off that other E.T. during Disney's 30th anniversary
1: I'll do anything to be a part of Disneyland In 2013,
0: E.T. was there for Mariah and Nick's Cinderella moment Renewing their vows with then two-year-old twins rock and roll
1: I like to play dress up Nick plays along with it because he's like, okay.
0: We watched the Avengers become real life heroes when they surprised a group of young fans with gifts. And they're like, who are you? And it's like, Thor, they're like, where's the hammer and the long hair and the outfit? And in 2015, George shared a kiss with then newlywed Amal at the premiere of Tomorrowland. What's the last time you've been to Disneyland? A long time ago. I was here for the uh, premiere of Captain EO in 1985. Does that count for something?
1: Lord George. Is
0: that still going on? I don't know. I...